0: Welcome back to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. Today, my guest is Purdue graduate student and 2019 Summer Commencement speaker, Matt Ferris. Matt, thanks for joining the Full Steam Ahead podcast. How are you doing?
1: Hi, great. Nice to be here.
0: Awesome. Hey, so tell us about how you were chosen to speak at commencement this uh, this week.
1: Yeah, well, it was, it was kind of a surprise, um, but I believe uh, the Summer Commencement is generally... Uh, there's a, a reasonably strong cohort of not only undergraduates uh, going through and earning their diplomas, but also also graduate students. And so, I think when the uh, university's administration was thinking about who to have speak, uh, I suppose my name uh, shot to the top of the list because I earned my undergraduate degree in biomedical engineering from Purdue. Back in 2014, and then I, I managed to stick around on campus and earn my PhD. Well, I'll be earning my PhD this weekend. Nice. So, having seen both sides of the of the table, I guess uh, made made it sort of uh, in, it, intriguing, or, or or something that maybe a perspective that they wanted to hear from for my speech. And so, I know that's something I'll be uh, aiming for when I'm speaking this weekend. <laughs>
0: What was your reaction when you were nominated? Or you got that call asking you to speak. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah uh, I well, I think my first reaction was uh, surprise. Uh, I, I suppose I didn't know I was. Uh, it was on the table um, until it had more or less been decided. But uh, it was surprise, and uh, 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 I was. I'm honored. I'm absolutely honored to be able to have this opportunity to get up and uh, you know kind of speak for everybody else who's going to be experiencing this. Uh, this commencement this weekend.
0: What are you going to be saying to the graduates? Have you got your speech ready yeah. yet? <laughs>
1: the speech is ready. Yeah, they uh, they have this whole process that you follow uh, <laughs> when you're when you're uh, uh, thinking about what to say. They actually do a good job of kind of helping you along that process because you can imagine it's fairly stressful coming up with what to say. But uh, I think I am going to be focusing on how. Maybe, maybe how people conventionally think of undergraduates and graduate students. We, I think, we typically think of that student experience, that student life, as being quite distinct. And to a certain extent, you're right about that. I think uh, at Purdue, especially, the undergrads really team up and um, you know share that experience of you know going to class, stressing over midterms, um, waking up for 7:30 a.m. chem labs that none of nobody really wants to be there for. Um, and so that's that undergraduate experience. And then there's the, there's the graduate experience too, which maybe isn't so much about going to classes. It's more about, um, you know, working on, uh, your research and trying to catch up or meet that upcoming paper deadline or your, uh, your paper deadline, or just struggling with an, ex- with an experiment that doesn't want to cooperate. And, uh, and so these are certainly differences between the undergraduate and the graduate experience, uh, experience, but. My goal in my speech this weekend will be to really show that uh, there is quite a bit of commonality between these two groups of students uh, and certainly lots of opportunities where over the last several years, the undergraduates and graduates are actually interacting with each other. There was an interface of engagement between these two groups of students mm-hmm. where we were sharing not just our academic experiences, which we were, you know, I typically think of like the TAing um, interaction between the graduate student mm-hmm. and the undergrad, but there's also so much more than just the academic knowledge that we're sharing. It's also our worldviews and our values. And I think that's something worth remembering.
0: That's some great so, stuff. That's great stuff. Yeah. Matt. Yeah. So let's flash back uh, eight, nine, 10 years ago. I don't know how far when you were in high school, <laughs> where are you from and how did you choose Purdue? how did you get up to West Lafayette?
1: Yeah, sure. I think uh, my path to Purdue was somewhat uh, uncommon. Okay. Uh, I originally come from Phoenix, Arizona, uh, so this is where I went to uh, high school in Phoenix, okay. and I more or less grew up there. Uh, and when I was trying to choose a college, I think the first box that needed to be checked off was Uh, to find a university that was out of the desert (laughs) and away from the heat, uh, that was important to me, but I, I recognize that that's maybe not the most, uh, the top priority for everyone. Uh, uh, what it became after I narrowed down the list just to meet that first basic priority was to find a university that offered a great engineering program, uh, and a, when so certainly I knew I wanted to be an engineer, but I didn't necessarily know what kind of engineer I wanted to be. And so when I'm looking at all of these uh, engineering programs across the country, I was saying to myself, well, in so many of these great universities, I have to choose which engineering discipline I wanted to focus on. And I was waffling between chemical engineering, mechanical engineering, aeronautical engineering, and I said to myself, well, I can't go wrong at Purdue because – not only are they good at mechanical engineering and aero, they're 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 strong in virtually every um, engineering discipline. And regardless of which engineering discipline I would enter, uh, I felt like even though I was on a large university campus, the programs are relatively small. And this is especially true in the program that I ended up choosing, which is biomedical engineering. So in biomedical engineering, I knew that there were only going to be on the order of about 70 or 80 other students in my class, and uh, that was appealing because I could be at a large university, but taking classes with more or less the same faces day in, day out, and indeed, you get to know everybody on a first-name basis, which I'm really, really happy about. That made a big impression on me. So to answer your question, I came to Purdue because I thought this was a – it had the best of both both worlds. It got me out of the heat, away from the big city, Mm -hmm. and it was a big university setting, Uh, but with a small program feel. So this was, it it was perfect.
0: That's great. Any family ties or are you the first uh, in your family to make your way to Purdue?
1: Yeah, yeah. I uh, I guess, no, the answer to your question is no. I don't have, for whatever reason, I have no uh, family ties or connections with Purdue. And the way that Purdue wound up on my radar actually was because I am an Air Force brat. And uh, so I say I grew up in Arizona, but indeed I was, born in Florida and uh for a good chunk of my childhood I was actually in the UK while my dad was stationed at RAF Leek in Heath as a fighter pilot for the US Air mm-hmm. Force and it wasn't until after he left the air force that we moved back to Arizona but while my dad was in the air force at least this is what I'm told is uh <laughs> he had a lot of uh peers who didn't necessarily go to the Air Force Academy but did Air Force ROTC, and if you don't realize this, I didn't realize it for the longest time, was that, uh, or is that, Purdue has one of the largest Air Force ROTC detachments in the country, and so there was a decent cohort of folks, and I suppose the name just stuck with my parents, and when the time came to to think about universities, Purdue uh, entered the conversation that way. So other than that, nothing, no real connection to Purdue. So somewhat serendipitous, but mm-hmm. I'm not complaining by any means. It's worked out very well for me.
0: That's awesome. You mentioned ROTC. Were you involved in that at Purdue at all?
1: <laughs> I wanted to be. I, yeah. I think uh, if I could go back, I would force freshman Matt to really commit to a program <laughs> like that. But as it turned out, I uh, I think I decided it wasn't for me. I had a lot of friends who were, though, and I, okay. I give them a lot of credit. <laughs>
0: well, the engineering program is no small task, so I can only imagine how uh, busy yeah. that also kept you. Were there yeah. any
1: other uh, programs
0: or anything on campus that you were involved in at Purdue?
1: Well, in undergrad, I yeah, I definitely was passionate about becoming engaged and becoming involved, um, more more or less as a way of just trying to get to meet other people outside of my uh, program in biomedical engineering. Um, but then also to uh, yeah, so yeah, mainly just to get to know people. Uh, the first one that comes to mind was. Uh, boiler Gold Rush. I was a Boiler Gold Rush team leader uh, for two years and had the chance to move up in that program, but ultimately I went and studied abroad instead. So I had to um, drop that commitment. But that was a really great way to get to know people uh, and to kind of uh, uh, pay it forward from my great experience that I had with Boiler Gold Rush when I was in, a rising freshman. But um, in addition to BGR, uh, I was also really involved with my fraternity, Theta Tau, uh, which is a, a fraternity in IFC, so we're a social and professional fraternity that exclusively recruits engineering students, which was attractive to me just because I felt like it would be nice to surround myself with even more engineers, <laughs> <laughs> but not necessarily within biomedical engineering. So um, um, I suppose that became the hallmark in, in involvement for me as an undergrad because i ultimately rose to become the president of that fraternity in my senior year which was nice because it uh maybe i'm biased but i suppose being the president of a fraternity or a sorority is a little bit of a different experience than being in charge of another student organization Mm -hmm. where yes you have a certain amount of responsibility uh but but i suppose in greek life you you have responsibility to lead events but you're also a responsible for living with these other people and becoming intimately knowledgeable of their, their social academic, their financial, and, uh, basically every aspect of their lives. And it was a really great, (laughs) it was, uh, it was stressful, but it was a really great learning experience as far as leadership is concerned. So I was really proud of that. That's great. And, um, a final point that I want to make on the engagement front was, you know, as as a fraternity chapter president, you're invited and you get to meet and interact with many of the other, uh, well, firstly, the fraternity and sorority presidents, but then um, just the broader Purdue community as a whole, and you start to become engaged with not just the events on campus, but the people who are making decisions on campus as well, and that made an impression on me, especially when I came back for graduate school, so... Uh, that's my two cents there huh. on on involvement as an undergrad.
0: <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's certainly very involved. I'm sure that kept you <laughs> busy on top of your studies. Going back mm-hmm. to your studies in the biomedical engineering, what, what or who influenced you to, to go that route as far as being interested in studying that?
1: Well, uh, I think in high school and in choosing to go to uh, – well, let me rewind. I suppose there was a part of me that even though I knew I wanted to study engineering – there was always a thought in my mind that I might go on to be a physician, a doctor, okay. uh, and I wanted to leave that door open, and so I told myself that uh, going into a program like biomedical engineering would more or less be a compromise between the two. I would be keeping as many doors open as possible in terms of firstly keeping a door open to a career in engineering versus, or, or alternatively uh, a career uh, as a doctor. And as it, as it turned out, I don't think the, the doctor route really uh, ended up being what I wanted to do. But biomedical engineering was a great experience anyway. I Like I've said already, the class sizes were relatively small, which was uh, a, a nice thing to be able to, to have at such a large university as Purdue. But then also uh, the professors were – they really made an impression on me, especially at the time when I was still t- – trying to decide what my major would be. Uh, the professors in biomedical engineering really went out of their way to get to know us as students and to, and, and became very personally invested, not just with our experiences in their classrooms, but, uh, but beyond the classroom as well in the form of you know, doing undergraduate research and the like. Gotcha. So I think that was more or less my, my motivating factor there.
0: And then so after undergrad, you go to, to graduate school, staying at Purdue. What do you focus on in graduate school?
1: Yeah, well, actually, before coming to graduate school, uh, something that I was really uh, happy to do was I worked for almost a year, not on Purdue's campus, but on the Purdue Research Park, just north of campus for a small biotech company called Mornuco. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Mornuco is still in the game, but they were a small cancer biotech a uh, uh, cancer detection and diagnosis company, where I got to get my hands dirty doing a lot of the molecular biology techniques that are so fundamental in biomedical engineering. And something I recognized was that um, in order to move forward in my career, in order to, I suppose, climb ladders or to be part of that decision-making cohort, uh, I needed a little bit more education. And while I was an undergrad, I had started doing undergraduate research with a professor in the biomedical engineering department. And I ultimately decided to return to that lab at Purdue um, where I focused on using computational models to study um, learning and memory uh, processes in the brain. so we're thinking about the types of biochemical interactions that tend to go wrong in patients suffering from Alzheimer's or Huntington's disease. Um, you know what can we do from a computational modeling standpoint to help understand these this this dysregulation in the brain and and try to find ways to do something about it? And so this was what I got to work on for the last i guess four and a half years as a graduate student. Wow.
0: And then did that tie into your your fellowship at AstraZeneca? or is that a completely uh, different thing and <laughs> talk about that as well?
1: Sure. yeah. so what I'm doing now, uh, as we're talking, i just started i guess just over actually this is the end of my third week uh yeah the end of my third week with astrazeneca here in gaithersburg maryland where i am a postdoctoral researcher now having completed my phd earlier in the summer and um this is i suppose on the spectrum of uh you know what people do right after their phds um, i'm not doing something terribly similar to what I did as a PhD student, but I did, uh, what I am doing is very similar to what I did at the uh, United States Air Force Research Labs, which was a detour that I took over the summer of 2017 as a grad student. So at the Air Force Research Labs, I was working on a machine learning implementation to help understand uh, why Air Force pilots were experiencing nausea mid flight. Um, and we had several biomarker uh, several pieces of biomarker data that we were using to to work on uh, developing a machine learning based model. And it was that experience with that with machine learning that I think was the motivating factor for AstraZeneca hiring me for this postdoc. So here at AstraZeneca, I am um, using machine learning to predict or to to with with the vast amounts of clinical trial data that we have from Many of the drugs in the drug development pipeline here, to try to characterize the cardiovascular health outcomes for patients with type 2 diabetes, and so um, it's very exciting. We get to we get to, to work on cutting edge science here, um, but it is somewhat of a of a detour from what I did as a PhD student.
0: Gotcha. So it's,
1: it's a lot of fun. Does this yeah.
0: become a full time job after graduation, or is this just a, a temporary <laughs> thing, or is, do you know? <laughs>
1: Well, I hope it does. I okay. really like it here. It's really nice to work at a company with a lot of resources and a lot of really great talent here. Um, one point that I should make is, um, and it's very ironic, uh, when I was interviewing for this postdoc here at AstraZeneca, I, uh, I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know who would be on the other side of the table. But as it turned out, uh, one of the other postdocs here at AstraZeneca who is senior to me but who was uh, very responsible for for pulling my name out of the hat I suppose for deciding who to interview uh, her name is Lindsay Clegg uh, but I think her maiden name is Wendell so Lindsay Wendell who is an alumna of the biomedical engineering program at Purdue
0: Boiler who uh,
1: yeah yeah boiler <laughs> up and so it was I think that Boilermaker connection uh, uh, that kind of helped facilitate my hiring here in addition to, I suppose, uh, a reasonably good interview <laughs> that I had here with AstraZeneca <laughs> But uh, uh, a point of, that, that I think is just really, really funny is, so I, I do have the honor of giving the commencement address here this weekend at Purdue, but I was talking to Lindsay uh, the other day, and it turns out that she gave the commencement address uh, back when she graduated wow. from Purdue uh, from undergrad back in 2011. That's really cool. So, talk about a small world. Okay. No yeah.
0: uh, real quick, I want to flash back. You talked about uh, the experience at the Air Force Research Laboratory. How cool was that for you? For you and maybe even your dad? You mentioned the Air Force, <laughs> and that to have that connection kind of come full circle.
1: Yeah, seriously. And it's not just my dad who was an Air Force officer. I have two other uncles who were also officers in the Air Force. And so I do think that they got a really big kick out of me uh, getting to work uh, at the Air Force research labs. I suppose I wasn't flying planes, but I was uh, doing some of that fundamental research that helps make sure our airmen can do their mission. And uh, there was a big part of me that wanted to stick around at the Air Force Mm -hmm. lab. But uh, I suppose I decided to take my career in a different direction, but a comment that I do want to make about that experience is uh, we'll talk about what a a great detour and a great opportunity that I was able to take advantage of as a graduate student. So um, I don't know if you know this, Adam, but um, at least in my observation, the vast majority of graduate students aren't in a, a terrible habit of taking that time away from their graduate studies. They more or less, take that deep dive into their graduate research. And that is more or less all they think about for that four to five or eight year experience (laughs) that grad school can be. Right. And, (laughs) um, and there are pros and cons to that, right. On one hand, you're really doing that deep dive and, uh, and, and doing that good research. But for me, it was really important to take a step away from Purdue, uh, for just a short period. I mean, we've, we've mentioned, at least we've circled about uh, saying this. I've been at Purdue for a really long time. And so <laughs> it was important for me to get, get off campus at least for a little while. And, uh, I do give my PhD advisor, Tammy Kinzer, some a huge amount of credit for, um, being supportive and, uh, and totally accommodating for my wanting to take that, take that summer away from campus, because I can tell you it was one of the best experiences, one of the best decisions I've made. Um, so, uh, and I can assure you that the, the Purdue education that I've had really prepared me to do well at that at that internship contract that I had with the Air Force. Gotcha. So,
0: well, Matt, as we kind of wrap up here, uh, you mentioned just a minute ago being at Purdue for a long time. So I know it's kind of hard to maybe wrap this up in 30 seconds or so and take your time. But as you look back at as, at your time at Purdue. Uh, Talk about some of maybe your favorite memories or what you may miss about campus the most as you move, move on.
1: Well, I'm a huge football fan and I, uh, I definitely made a point both in undergrad and and pretty often as a grad student of going to those Purdue football games. It's been tough to be a Purdue football fan for a good portion of the time I've been there, but uh, I definitely made a point of going to the games and I'll, I'll always remember, Oh, it was the 2011 uh, Purdue football game against Notre Dame on campus. That was a, a what an awesome day. It was beautiful weather. I don't think I've ever seen so many people in West Lafayette. I'm gonna miss that. I'll miss the uh, that Ohio State game from last year. Mm-hmm. A great deal. What a what a great night. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna miss those types of things. I'm gonna miss the student life. Um, I'm gonna miss all of the friends that I've made. I think I've I think I'm doing a good job of keeping in touch with all of them. So I think when I think about all of the memories that I have from Purdue, I mean I mean I've turned I've, I've grown up at Purdue. I've started a third of my, the first third the most recent third of my life at Purdue. Um, I guess I get sentimental about it, but I think the the memory that has most impacted my life and has most impacted my career was uh, when I was sitting in as a junior undergrad in BME 495, which was a biomolecular engineering class. Realizing that my professor in that class, um, you know, that she was looking for undergraduates to come on board and do undergraduate research with her. And I just remember walking up to her after a lecture one day and asking if she would have me come on board to do research with her group. And and to my amazement, she said yes. And I, I guess I didn't expect that. I, I really appreciated that vote of confidence uh, from a professor at that point in my undergraduate career. And, um, all I can say is I think that really speaks volumes about the type of education that you can get at Purdue and especially in biomedical engineering to have a professor who can take that leap and give you that vote of confidence, because I can say that, um, you know, that one interaction led to, you know, the last, like, I, I guess, six years of my life doing research on Purdue's campus. So I'm, uh, I'm very grateful for that and I'm going to miss uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss those types of those types of
0: things. So that's awesome, Matt. Thank you for uh, sharing all that. And at least uh, being in Maryland, uh, them being in the Big Ten now, at least maybe you can catch some football or basketball
1: games when Purdue
0: travels out there.
1: <laughs> that's the plan. I know Purdue <laughs> is playing Maryland at homecoming this October, yeah. so I think I might. Try to weasel my way back to West Lafayette for that. There you go. There you go.
0: <laughs> hey Matt, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate uh, you talking to me on the podcast and joining us here on Full Steam Ahead. Uh, best luck to you at uh, graduation this weekend and uh, in in the future.
1: Hey, thanks so much. Boiler
0: up. All right, boiler up, man. Take care. Take care. A reminder: you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod. You can also listen, like, rate, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Thanks again for listening to Full Steam Ahead Podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.